welcome, welcome to the Americana Quill. Writer to writer, please like and subscribe and tell a friend to tell a friend. Today, my guest has written a few books. Some of the titles are Love, Marriage, and Divorce, Trying to Break the Barrier, Never Was Daddy's Little Girl, He's No Choir Boy, and My Silence is Pain. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to welcome Alma Collins Thomas. How are you doing today? I'm wonderful. How are you? I'm good. Can't complain. Just, you know, trying to stay safe during this pandemic. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess my first question is, what gave you the writing bug? Well, um, I always enjoyed writing, even from a child that I would just always write stuff. And um, I had millions of little notebooks with all different stuff that I started um, along the way. But what started me on the publishing bug was that one day I was on Facebook and mm -hmm. author Chanel Williams was looking for um, three people to write an anthology, Love, Marriage and Divorce. So I reached out to her. She interviewed me. She was like, did you ever, have you ever written anything before? I was like, oh, I've written hundreds of things. But she was like, well, tell me about some of us. Well, they never, I never published any of them. I just written hundreds of things. So um, she was like, all right. So she said, let me think about it. So um, she got back to me and she said, asked me that I was the first writer that she chose. So which one did I want, love, marriage or divorce? So um, I took divorce. And um, when the book cover when the book cover was um, published, because the book cover came out, the reveal of the book cover came out first. And when I see my name on the book cover, I was like, oh my God, I'm an author. Right. And from there, from there, it just started, you know, um, the, the, the writing, the flow. Okay. So that gave you the writing bug is doing that with a group of people. So when did you realize you wanted to be a writer? Um, I realized um, that I wanted to, to be a writer forever. Like I was always saying, I'm gonna write a book, I'm gonna write a book, I'm gonna write a book all the time. And people were like, oh, did you write that book yet? So from when I was young, I always had the desire to write a book, but the first book, that and it's so appropriate that um, I'm on here today with you because um, today is the um, 12th anniversary of um, my son's death. Hi, Sean. And um, on February 13th, 2009, I began to write the book From the Waiting Room to the Recovery Room. Mm. And I could never finish from the waiting room to the recovery room. And I couldn't understand. I was like, am I a procrastinator? Am I looking for perfect? So I was going to all these writing courses and going through all these publishing things and paying out all this money and, and still never had the finished product. It was like, when is the book going to be finished? And it seemed like I couldn't finish the book. So one day someone asked me to write an article for a magazine and I was like, okay, so I had, like I said, I had millions of things written. So I was just going to dust something off one of my notebooks and just turn it into the magazine. But as I was thinking, um, God had jumped into my spirit, dream killer. I said, dream killers, what does that mean? 
So God said to me, the reason why you can't write from the waiting room to the recovery room, because you have not yet uh, recovered, you're still in, in the waiting room, you have not yet made it to the recovery stage. And along the way of this process of losing, of losing your child, you have allowed the dream killers to come and steal your dream. So I had right. allowed the dream killers to come and steal my dream of being a writer. Um, you know, listening to the naysayers, oh, you know, getting a publishing deal is hard. Um, writing a book is hard. Who's going to read it? Who's going to be your audience? Um, and so I listened to the to the dream killers. Oh, anybody can self-publish a book and just listening to the dream killers. So um, at that point, when I wrote dream killers um, and I wrote um, for um, love, marriage and divorce, dream killers. And from the waiting room to the recovery room, all in the same um, span of time. Mm -hmm. And like I said, when I realized that I was actually an author was when I saw my name in print. Like, have you ever, there's a saying that says, um, if whatever you think about or whatever you focus on is what you'll become. And that mm -hmm. um, if you, um, once you visualize something, like if you start visualizing the life that you want to live, you start thinking that you're driving a car that you want to drive. You start thinking that you're living a dream life that you want to live. The more you focus on that, the more you gravitate toward doing the things that you need to do in order to, to make that a manifestation in your life. So once right. I saw that um, my name was on print, then I knew that I was a writer and I've gone from just being a writer now to being a ghostwriter, to being a book coach for other people. Oh, well, that's beautiful. I also consult for other um, people that want to get into writing. And the one thing I tell them is, is just sitting down and letting faith take you on your journey of writing. It's, it's, I don't know how else to explain it besides you have to put in the work, but it's also having the confidence to sit down and, and take that leap of faith and to do so. Mm -hmm. And just for um, context, I actually went to school with your son. Um, he actually graduated in my high school class. So I want to give my, my deepest condolences to you. And it happened, I think, our freshman year of college. And I actually went home to um, pay my respects, although I stood in the back. So I just want to say um, Tyshawn was a, a very beautiful soul that I, I got to know a little bit through high school. And he was a, he was a great guy. Thank you. No, you're welcome. So um, how long did it take for you to write your, your, your personal book and not necessarily the book you wrote with your team for you? Um, my personal book, um, Dream Killers, I wrote Dream Killers in um, about a month and a half. Okay. I started writing Dream Killers um, in June at the beginning of camp and I finished writing it by um the beginning of august when camp ended okay and when you talk about camp you're talking about um summer camp or like what kind of camp yeah summer camp a uh, summer okay. camp i have my own summer camp so doing summer camp when um the the days that down doing downtime when i was just um downstairs watching the kids and they doing arts and crafts and stuff with the counselors um i was writing and the funny thing is that sometimes they thought I was losing my mind because it was a healing process. So it, sometimes I was crying, sometimes I was laughing. And they was like, okay, my mother was like, my mother's one of my workers. She was like, okay, she finally went over the deep end. She finally lost it. But um, mm -hmm. it was a it was a healing, it was a healing process. And that's why now I teach people how to use um writing um for therapy. Right. Because you know, the writing actually helped me in my process 
of dealing with the grief of losing my only child. Right. So that's what really prompted me into the writing because I had to find my passion. I had to find, um, I had to find something that was going to um, not take the place because nobody could ever take the place, but something to fill up that time. So times when I would be just alone crying, I would pull out my book and I would start writing. And um, so that's how I, you know, that process really started. Okay. Um, Is that how your schedule always is when you're writing or what is like your ideal schedule when you try to write? Well, I, um, I usually, because I also have a, a nine to five, so, mm-hmm. um, you know, I teach at Head Start, so um, I'm usually writing late at night um, when I get off, because what happened was that now that I want to, um, to take the writing into speaking and um, establishing now courses for people who um, want to write books. Right now I'm working on a workbook because in um, March or April, I want to start my first um, course on. So I usually write like in the, in the evening, but I had to make it go from a hobby to, um, to more to my passion. So, you know, how yeah. I, before I was writing in my spare time on my lunch break or whatever, just as a spare time. Um, but now because I have clients and I have my own stuff that I'm trying to get out. So now um, I have to work it like a business, not a hobby. So I try to write um, every night. Right now I'm in the process of taking a lot of courses um, just perfecting my writing because I didn't major in writing in school. So, right. um, so now I'm just trying to perfect um, my writing. I have an editing team, but you know I just try to you know every round goes higher and higher. So right, you want to sharpen your sword, absolutely. I totally understand that. So, what would you say is your most interesting writing quirk? Oh, and when I say quirk, I'm kind of talking about like what's the one weird, not weird, but interesting thing that you have to do just before you sit down to write. Like for me, okay, I have to pace writing, back and forth. Sorry. For me, I have to pace back and forth a few times, scratch my head and kind of get the, the cobwebs out of my hands before I start writing. So I just wonder like, what is yours? Okay, see, okay. Mine is, and I was so funny because I was just talking about it today with my apostle. I'm a minister, so, but when I'm writing, depending on what I'm writing, like if I'm writing an inspirational something, then I have to listen to my gospel music. Then I have my mm-hmm. gospel music playing and it got me in the flow. Now, if I'm writing something fictional and I have characters, then um, now then I'm listening to to the um, the oldies but goodies are you know R and B music and the characters are uh, that. Um, brings back the characters to me because a lot of my characters are people that I have met and I just changed their stories around but a lot of my characters are really based out of real people that I know so the, the, whatever that time and that era what we was listening to what we were doing I have to listen to that music to bring me back to that place if you would understand that's what I yeah <laughs> okay so you, you kind of create like a, a writing playlist for you to get into the mode before you you start to write yes so okay. I'm leaving, you know, I'm listening to gospel. I know like, okay, if I'm writing something inspirational, then, you know, I'm listening to to um, Marvin Sapp and Kurt Franklin. And then if 
um, writing something with fictional characters than I'm, I'm listening to Gladys Knight and the Pips and, you know, that old, that old R&B. So that's what I do to get ready um, to write. Okay. That's, that's a very interesting and, and great writing quirk to hear about. <laughs> Where, where do you get your information or ideas for books? Like, do you think they're just downloads from God and spirit? Or do you think it, it's a mix of you wanting to write certain topics and then God filters it for you? It's a, um, it's a mixture. Like um, my inspirational books, most of them, and this is how I tell people I started writing, um, they started as sermons. And then I put the sermons together in a book. So they're and you know, in, into the book. So that's inspirational. And then there's other things like the um my project that's my two projects that are coming out that you um that you mentioned. Um he's no choir boy and um never was daddy's little girl. Those are both books that I, I wanted to do um find out. Um he's no choir boys about different people again in the church and fictional characters um and i wanted to put that together actually i wanted to start as a book and then be a play and then um he never was daddy's little girl it's the effects of fatherlessness in america you know just seeing how um especially as a woman i want to do it from a woman's point of view encouraging mm -hmm. men to be in their children's life because we're working with children. I find like a lot of men find that if they if they do the finances, then that's good. Or once the relationship is over with the mother, then the relationship with their child is over. And sometimes as women, we foster that, like, you know, oh, you know, you can't see your child because um you with the next woman or whatever. But it's a fact that not having a father has on children. And I've seen it starting at three and four and then going on as they mature so those two books i wanted i wanted to um to research and do but my inspirational books come from god okay that's beautiful uh, do what do you like to do when you're not writing like with some of your uh, it seems like you're very busy from what you're telling me that you have yes. days planned <laughs> out before writing so like when you do have some time to yourself, I guess, when you're not writing, what are some of the things you're into? Um, I enjoy reading other people's stuff because it, mm -hmm. you know, it gives you a perspective on, so I enjoy reading. Um, I um, enjoy um, hanging out with my um, family, you know, just doing family stuff, you know, um, going out to dinner. We can't go to movies on that stuff now because of the pandemic, but you know, stuff like that, like reading, going out to dinner, spending time with my family. Okay, so just just being family oriented, which is beautiful. I think writers need that because when you're writing, you're you're naturally always by yourself. So sometimes you could lose communication with the world. So it's good that to reconnect and and feel everyone else's energies. It just helps. It definitely helps. I understand that. What does your family think of your writing? Like when you first told them you wanted to write a book and you presented them with your first book. Were they excited? Were they joyous? Did they, you know, what was their initial reactions and what are their feelings now since you kept going with writing? Well, they're my biggest cheerleaders. My mother uh -huh. is one of the first, even though I tell my mother like, Ma, you can just have a book. But she's like, no, no, I'm invested in you. I'm gonna buy a book. I wanna buy the book. So my family's my biggest cheerleader. They, when I go out to um 
to engagements or speaking engagement. My sister normally goes with me and she'll do my table or my daughter's with me and she'll do my table. So they're there and they tell everybody about it. And so they're really, they're really excited about it. They're really, um, my mother's always pushing me to do more and more and more. Like, just like when I, um, contemplated starting the, the publishing company like I was helping people write books but I was giving their, them to other people to publish their book and uh, my mother was like well I don't know why you're not just publishing their book you know so that's how the the publishing company so I said, I'm out of time it's tedious but um in this year after 2020 and I was like okay you need to do everything that you need to do um as additional streams of income from your books so like I said, with the courses and all that stuff. So my mother encouraged me to do more than just write the, the book. So um, I started my own publishing company. And then I'm just in the process now of um, hiring my team and getting my team together to, to publish all these books that people, you know, are bringing. Well, that's beautiful that you're um, assembling a team that can help you not only with your dreams, but everyone else's. I think that's that's amazing. And that's kind of the key to the game of independence. It's um, finding the right sources and then allocating them to, to help you become successful. So I totally agree with what you're doing. So I guess one of a few more questions I have is what was one of the most surprising things you learned in creating your books about yourself? that um the first is, was that I could write fiction like when I wrote um started writing love marriage and divorce divorce was supposed to be because I was just in the process of breaking up with my husband so divorce was supposed to be like more like a um uh a essay on um divorce in the church mm -hmm. and then when I started writing it it just developed characters and they all went their own way and I was like oh I can write fiction and then um the the publisher was like is this true is this your life story i was like no this is my life story i'd be doing prison ministry i said but no it's just it came to my head and that wasn't based on anybody like my the the future things that i'm writing is based on people that i know but that wasn't even based on people that i know the, the characters just started and did you know so that was one of the surprising things because like i said i was just always writing inspirational stuff so the fact that i could develop characters was amazing to me oh no that's fantastic yeah i started writing fiction just from the ideas of wanting to tell good stories but like with like good moral compasses um so although we write fiction, sometimes fiction is reinterpreted because we probably take a, a few things here and a few things there from like people that are like in our circles. So I, I totally could see how you could get into fiction for sure. Um, that's kind of all the questions I had. Do you have any questions for me since we're doing kind of like a writer to writer? Yeah, so um, how did you um, start um, writing? <coughs> Excuse me. Um, I started writing after school after I read this one book called The Alchemist from Poello Coelho. I thought he wrote in it so simply, but it told such a fascinating story. I thought maybe I could write a story. And from there, I kind of just kind of worked on the craft a little bit and then just released my first book like within a year. Okay. So where are you, um, where are you going now with your writing? Right now, I'm in the business of trying to build out my catalog. So I want to have a, as many books out there before I start truly promoting, like, and only invest a lot of my research for promoting. So, <coughs> excuse me. 
So this year coming up in 2021, I have seven books coming out. And then so when these next seven books come out, I will have a total of 14 books. And then from there, I'm going to spend all of 2022 just promoting myself as an author even more and spending the resources I would naturally do to editors to get my books written. I'm going to use a lot of that to promote myself and try to grow a bigger band, a bigger, sorry, grow a bigger brand. So that's why I'm even starting a podcast just to have content out there and just to build up catalog. I think that's the way to go as an independent author. So that's kind of my thought process on, on what I'm trying to do with it. Okay, so that's awesome. So, so did you find that doing um, 2020, during the pandemic, that you were able to write more? I was able to write a lot more because at the time I, I became unemployed, but now that I'm employed again, I think it was like God's blessing for me to even have written so many stories. So now I can have them spaced out for 2021, but then also have the the ideas I had before I started my job to at least write the outlines out. So when I'm back into full writing, it would be like I never left. So that's kind of my big one process. Hi. <laughs> So um, how, what are some ways that you promote yourself, your stuff? Um, social media, but then I also go to like different author websites and uh, different websites to, um, that focus on marketing and try to use them. But I haven't seen much results from the ones I've chosen. So I'm, I'm just trying, right now I'm in the process of doing a lot more research on where to spend my money to reach the highest results. but. I think me building, trying to build this platform of, of a podcast will help just because it's just free content for people to get to. And the more I think I give in this free platform of, of an interview space, eventually it will lead to like more people coming in. So everything's just about oh, building man. the platforms. It's kind of what, what my process of, of this year, the next few years. Okay, so that's great. And I have some um, some organizations that I'm a part of that I will send you the inf information from for, and you can see if it's something that you might be interested in. And in June, um, I'm playing. I'm a, a part of the um, African American Literacy um, Campaign. It's based out of South Carolina. Um, and we're having, we're, they're going on a tour where they go to different cities in um, the United States. And I'm the ambassador for New York. So um, I'm looking right now for an outside place. I think that I'm going to try to talk to um, Pastor Sheldon because I know that he's also an author and he has some books out to see if he would be interested in um, hosting the conference. You know their 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 journey and i'm gonna have some keynote speakers out there so i'll definitely keep you abreast of that i can't hear you now sorry I turned, I muted my mic because I was, I was coughing a bit. So basically what I was saying is I will absolutely welcome that opportunity because I think for independent authors, it's much easier for us to like reach people and face-to-face -face interaction for them to get to know you than it is online because, you know, 
we don't use a lot of our marketing resources for online because it's just we put so much into making sure the book and the quality of the book is so well that you're limited. So absolutely, I think that's that's genius, and I would definitely like right. an opportunity for something like that. I would definitely let you. And then I'm going to send you this other um, opportunity that I just um, was a part of. And actually, um, they choose people um, for this like sponsorship like thing. And it teaches you marketing and promoting. And it's a scholarship. It's free. but would usually cost like $2,000. And I know they opened it back up. And I haven't, I don't know if they got the authors that, um, that they were looking for. But um, I will definitely give you the forward that information and you can see if that's something that you would be interested in being a part of. Absolutely. Thank you. It doesn't hurt to just read it and see if it fits fits what I'm trying to do. Right. So absolutely. Trying to do great. Awesome. And that's what I think that we need to do that as um, as authors, we need to band together because it's no, you know, it's no competition. You write what you write. I write what I write. And we get together and we promote one another. I remember let me tell you this one list story and then I'll be done. I remember no I went to a um, vending, <laughs> a vending event at the um, five, six, seven, eight fashion show. And I was selling my books. So there was another author at the table next to me. So um, I was waited till my daughter came down and did her thing. And then um, as I was on my way to the bathroom, I stopped and I looked at her book and everything. And I was like, oh, when I come back, um, I'm going to, um, you know, purchase a book. So when I came back and then I was talking to her, she was a young um, author and, you know, I was telling her, oh, I said, you know, um, you know, I know some opportunities, some things that I researched, I, you know, I shared them with you. And um, she was like, okay. So then later, so then later on, um, this organization called Man in the Mirror, they were having a book signing at Barnes and Noble. So um, I was going to be one of the authors. And he said, oh, I'm looking for some more authors. So I reached out to her and I said to her, listen, um, can you call this guy? Because um, he's having um, some book signings at um, Barnes and Nobles, and it's like four to six of us that um, come to Barnes and Noble. We you each have a time to promote yourself, and then you you sit there all day and sell your books. So um, then the next day she promote she wrote on Facebook that she thought that she was gonna come approach me, but she was like we were both authors, and she felt like maybe I might feel a kind of way. But then when I came and approached her, it made her see. And I said to her, yeah, I said it's no competition. I said even if you you were selling children's book, and I was but I said even if you were selling an inspirational book, and I was selling an inspirational book, we're still in, not in competition. I was like, so if I know something, I'm gonna share it because along my journey, I spent a lot of unnecessary money, um, you know, got involved in a lot of things that were not productive because I didn't know. I said, right. so now I pass it on to the young writers, you know, the information that I have gathered over the years so you don't go over that same um, hurdle. And if there's an opportunity that's out there, I'm going to share it with everybody. Like, you know, come on. He's looking for people. If you can't make it to this month's one, he has like three more plans so you can come to one of those. So she actually came to not the same one I was at, but the one that he had following. And, you know, she really, you know, was able to promote her book and stuff like that. So as, you know, authors, we need to be and together not see each other as competition but seeing us as um you know building each one building each one up and promoting you promote me and i promote you and um you know we will get better far long better 
in unity, then we will divide it like the crabs in the barrel. I don't want you to sell one more book than I sell. No, right. I want you to sell as many books as your audience is your audience. And, you know, it's the same thing that I feel about speaking that, um, that it's, it's time for people to no longer be a secret. And we can't always wait to be invited to somebody else's table. Sometimes you got to build your own, like you're building your own platform and your own thing. Sometimes you have to, you have to set your own table. You can't Absolutely. wait to be invited. Like if you, you don't won't eat, invited be waited to be invited to somebody's house to eat every night you wouldn't eat so you have to sometimes you got to set your own table and eat at home so that's what i tell authors that you got to set your own table and get yourself out there but you know cooperate with people you know connect with people find the right connections absolutely i cannot agree more it's all about just taking it one step at a time and when you acquire knowledge it's okay to share the knowledge you don't have to keep it to yourself so i totally agree with you so do you, is there anything else that I, I'm done with my questions? You were just so great and right to the point. Thank you so much. Do you have any questions before I, I close out? No, I would just like to say thank you for inviting me on um, your platform. And um, as a, um, I'm very proud of you as a product of my community. Um, oh, I remember we both got a reward. Uh, um, doing a ceremony at um uneo and um yeah. so you know i'm very proud of you and your accomplishments that um that that you're making in life and you know it makes um me proud to see um an african-american just you know getting his education just doing his thing and you know um it just makes me proud that you know i can see that um see that growth in you and that you know you're using your talents um that god has given you Thank you so much. I greatly appreciate those kind words. Um, and I just want to say thank you again for raising such a great son. Like I had a few classes with him, like business, um, co like college business in high school. And he was part of the DECA program. And he was just the light of school. Like he was a great soul. And I just want to thank you again for doing this um, interview with me. I, I greatly appreciate it. So to close out. Yes, thank you for inviting me. And like I said, it was so um, it was so appropriate for me to do this um, podcast um, on today because usually this is, um, you know, a sad day for me, but I'm learning to, um, to celebrate, um, to celebrate him and um, his memories, you know, death can rob you of memories. So I thank you for um, the invitation and I thank mm -hmm. you for knowing him and, um, you know, being a part of his life and his circle. Oh, thank you. So usually to cap off the interview, they'll do a quote of the week and then lyrics a week that kind of, I think, resonates with some of the things you might have been through from some of our talks and some of your book titles. So the quote of the week is by Stephen King, get busy living or get busy dying. And I think that's just so poignant as a writer. It's you got to live life to write about life. So therefore, it's like live it to, to the best of your abilities at every, every moment when you're not writing. So. I thought that was a very interesting quote. And then lyrics of the week is um, from Tegan and Sarah saying, I'm not your hero. So I just think you're, you're just very brave for stepping out there and just talking and, and living your truth. So the lyrics go, I'm not, your, I'm not the hero, but that doesn't mean that I wasn't brave. I never walked the party line. Doesn't mean I was never afraid. I'm not your hero, but that doesn't mean we're not one of the same. Feeling like I am now lighting up the hall. I was used to standing in the shadow of a damaged heart, learning all I know now, losing all I did. 
I never used to feel like I'd be standing so far ahead. Sometimes it feels what I've recovered you lost, sending you peaceful sending you a peaceful loss to me. I'm not the hero, but that doesn't mean that I wasn't brave. I never walked the party line. It doesn't mean that I was never afraid. I'm not your hero, but that doesn't mean we're not one and the same. Those are lyrics I just want to dedicate to your writing and just some of the things that I, I've knew before we had this conversation of what you persevere through. So um, thank you again for, for doing this as I greatly appreciate it. Thank you once again for having me. And um, I pray God's blessings. I don't want to say good luck in your writing. I want to say I pray God's blessings over the gifts and talents that has, he has given you. And I decree and declare that you're only going to be greater from this point on. Oh, thank you so much. God bless to you and, and everyone in your in your loving circle and your family. This All has right. been Americana Quill, Writer to Writer. Thank you, guys. Take care. <laughs>